Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We just finished talking about how the Ravens had a less than ideal performance on Sunday Night Football in New England, but as the coach of the team up in New England would say, it's on to Tennessee, and what we've got coming up this weekend is two teams at 6-3, and three, both of which started stronger in the year than where they are currently right now. It's going to be a rematch of the playoff game that we all remember not terribly fondly from last year. And here to talk about it is, I want to say it's your triumphant return to the pod, but you couldn't even pick your own team to to win when we were talking about the game with you. So I don't, I don't know if I want to give that to you, but Titans fan Tim is back here. How's it going, Tim? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm still riding the high from that win. You know, I, making the AFC Championship game was a uh, something I did not see coming at the beginning of the year, but... Let's see if we can do it again. Start with a win here against your Ravens. Well, certainly within the range of outcomes. It seems like anyone can beat us this year. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, let's talk about it. So, it, this is two parallel teams in a way. They're both 6-3 and three right now. They both have had better games at the beginning of the season than they have had now. And I'm not quite sure what your story is. So, I'm really excited to hear what your perspective of the Titans are right now and how they're putting things together. So I guess, I mean, let's start off the top with Ryan Tannehill. This guy came out at the beginning of the season, and he looked like his old self from last year, very efficient, doing well, and it seems like he's cooled off a bit. Is that how you would uh, assess it? Um, statistically, yeah. He's, he's definitely had not the superior numbers that he started with, and I, I think that's partially he's been missing some throws. There were a few um, deep balls that he normally hits that he overthrew a little bit. Some of it, there were some drops the last couple of weeks, and uh, another part of it is that our defense can't can't seem to get off the field, and leaving our offense sitting on the bench for so long kind of gets them out of a rhythm. So it, it's not all Tannehill, but I've definitely seen a little bit of a, a drop in his performance. I still think he's, you know, one of the best right now, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can carry us the rest of the way. I will say, from the outside looking in, I found it very surprising that Tannehill's been able to keep up the production that he had from last year um he is on pace gosh through nine games he has 20 touchdowns i'm looking at his career totals here the highest he's ever had in the season is 27 three interceptions he's been lower on the interceptions so that that one might only be slightly below his career average but yeah he's certainly coming out hot and fast and that's even been with him having to struggle with injuries to his top three targets you know both I shouldn't say both, all the th- three of A.J. Brown, Johnny Smith, and Corey Davis, like they've all had been out for important times during this season. So I agree that it looks like Tannehill's cooled off a little bit, but I still think he's he's done remarkably well given the lack of consistency he's had from those guys this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's um, he spreads the ball around quite a bit, which when you're talking about fantasy potential, that's, that's one thing about carrying guys like Corey Davis, um, Johnny Smith, who I have, they don't always get the same looks they do uh, week in and week out. But I think the way he commands the offense, he, he knows what he wants and everyone's confident in him. He's able to lead game winning drives. I think he's tied or at first for um, game winning drives this year already. And he's got a lot in him that I think he can be that guy for us. And the scheme fits him so well, the play action, is his go-to and apparently in Miami Gase didn't let him call audibles it just wasn't his team 
he was just there as another part. And now he kind of has the scheme that fits him and he can call this his team and do what he wants with it. Well, we certainly all know about how Adam Gase is an excellent coach and always allows players to make excellent decisions, as we can see how well that's currently working with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Sam Darnold. <laughs> Poor Joe Flacco. Come on. Uh, I don't care about Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between uh, Titans fan Tim and, uh, and Ravens fans. We still have a soft spot for Joe Flacco. <laughs> At least most of us do. So I think when we're looking at Tannehill and how he's going to perform on Sunday, as you said, like so much of how what he does is through the play action game. Not too dissimilar to Joe Flacco, I will add, but we'll get off the Flacco tangent at this point. <laughs> <laughs> And how effective play action is going to be is going to depend on is Derrick Henry going to have the same monster game that he had against the Ravens in that playoff game or were the Ravens able to scheme something up to slow this guy down. And I will say I felt a lot more confident about this game, about the Ravens' ability to be able to have learned something from that game and maybe bottle up Henry this time a few weeks ago. But, man... On the Ravens' side, we have some very key injuries on the defensive front. We brought in Calais Campbell to stop Henry. We're not sure if he's going to play. Brandon Williams exited with an ankle injury. LJ Fort, who's been our solid vet linebacker. No one knows when he's coming back yet. Gosh. Guys, Chris and Alec, man, are the Ravens going to be able to stop Derrick Henry with this beat-up defensive front? No. I don't think so. Right now, their only saving grace is that Earl Thomas is no longer with the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elliot the Joker might have a better chance than uh, than Earl Thomas did. Uh, with, with, with all kidding aside, I'm actually extremely concerned about this. I have no no reason with the current injuries, like you said, to believe that they will stop this man. Unless the O-line is unable to perform, which I think they have not been playing as well. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Tim. So how is this running game performing right now? Believe it or not, um, Henry has still been keeping those numbers up despite the the seemingly loss of identity that we've had these last couple weeks. Two of the three losses we've had, he's still had over 100 yards. And it's actually now the first two losses that we've ever had when Henry's had over 100 yards. We were 16-0 until the loss against the uh, Bengals. But we are still running Henry like we have been, and he's still eating up yards and kind of doing what he's been doing to defenses. I think it's just our defense has been putting our offense in a position that we haven't been able to use him late in games like we want to. And that's usually when he starts to really heat up and keep offenses, our defenses um, tired and, and just bully them. And uh, like like you alluded to, yeah, he uh, won't be able to use Earl Thomas as his lead blocker this year, but... <laughs> But uh, I think he's still, I mean, if you saw that stiff arm against Josh Norman, he's still that tank. He's still that dude that is going to plow through defenses. So you better watch out. Gosh, I feel like I said it last year, man, but he's just, he's such a cheat code. Just so strong, fast, physical. It's just, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. That stiff arm on on Josh Norman, man, was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really hoping that at least, you know, the the players this year, we, you know, we don't know who's going to play. Who's going to suit up uh, next Sunday? But uh, I hope whoever does suit up uh, doesn't look as embarrassed as Josh Norman did or as Earl <laughs> Thomas did last year. Yeah, Derek Henry does that to a lot of people, so I it, it could happen to anyone. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up is last episode that we didn't really get to talk about. We briefly mentioned how 
It was a rain game. It kind of reminded us of the 49ers game. I think the similarities didn't end there. We also saw a lot of outside runs being effective for the Patriots, and our ability to set the edge was lacking. After a couple of games where we commented that they were doing a good job of containing. So I don't know what really changed there, but that's something I'm looking to see how we respond and bounce back. Are we going to play disciplined against Henry? Are we going to be able to set the edge and contain him? That's going to be a huge component to this game. Yeah, that would definitely be something to to look forward to uh, to see how they handle that because Henry, I mean, we use him all around. Um, a lot of times, you know, to run straight through because he can just push through people. But uh, I know a lot of the times some of his biggest runs have come when he's able to bounce off off the numbers. So if he gets outside, he's able to to pick up a head of steam and get into that second gear and makes him all that more dangerous and hopefully pick up a, a block or two for maybe a tight end or it just makes him pretty dangerous. You know, if you don't stop him behind the line of scrimmage, he's he's bound to push for a couple of yards the guy's hanging off him so he's able to do that when he goes off the outside so as good as henry has been this year though there have been a couple games where he's been i don't know if you want to say exactly stop but at least slowed down uh he did have two touchdowns against buffalo but only averaged three yards per carry there chicago two weeks ago 68 yards 3.2 yard per carry average what did you see in those games that those defenses did that that slowed henry down um, well, one thing that I noticed a lot of defenses have been trying to do, um, and something I just kind of mentioned is that you want to hit them at the line or behind. I know that seems pretty obvious, but you know, you want to get to him as quick as you can and you want to hit him low because if you try to wrap your arm around him up top, he's just going to shed, shed that tackle and, and bust through. So you want to hit him at the legs where you can trip him up and get him before he gets into that second gear. Um, and I think a lot of the teams that have been able to do that effectively are ones that aren't necessarily stacking the box, but are just, you know, scheming well enough to kind of disguise themselves. So we, if we run right at them, you know, we don't audible or switch into a, a position where we can punch it right through the, through the line. I think they're prepared for it and they don't, they make it look like they're not. I guess before we leave the uh, offense, I wanted to ask you, AJ Brown's come back from his injury and we saw him have some big games. Corey Davis has had some good games in his absence. And then Jonathan Smith's kind of been up and down this season. He's also battled some injuries. Are there any other players on the team that you would have us look out for as a pass catching option? Um, I'd say, honestly, any receiver is is going to get some targets because the way Tannehill spreads it around, I think those are definitely the top three. And I wish we could get Jonathan Smith back into the uh, the playbook because I think, I don't know if it's his ankle injury that he left the game a couple weeks ago that's causing him to have some depleted numbers, but he doesn't seem to be targeted much anymore. And when he is still targeted, he he pays off. So I, if we need to get him back in the into the uh, playbook and get him in the end zone, because that's where he's been best has been in the red zone. But um, another guy to really look out for, I think would be um, another tight end, Anthony Ferkser. Um, he seems to be one of those guys that Tannehill looks for in key throws. So third down throws, um, you know, must have first downs. He's kind of a guy who Tannehill looks for up the middle to get those contested catches and bring them down. Yeah. I think that's going to be a matchup. That's going to be interesting to watch because I mean, granted the Titans were extremely efficient when they did throw in that game, last year but uh only 83 yards through the air which meant that your leading receiver was Khalif Raymond who had all of his 45 yards on one catch no one had over 15 yards but yeah that was 
in just those 83 yards, you had two touchdowns from Ryan Tannehill, including one from Derrick Henry. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. That was that one was particularly embarrassing. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens' corners, I mean, absolutely shut down A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Now, we did mention uh, in the last episode, both those guys came off the field at some point against the Patriots. They were able to finish that game, but hopefully those guys are at full strength because, I mean— I think both those guys are are perfect to match up with these receivers and just really make it a ball game. I don't think that the Ravens are going to have quite that same success where you're limiting both those two guys to just 12 yards receiving. But um, I also don't think Brown or Davis are going to have a, an easy time with against those corners. We've seen game in and game out this year that not much is being getting up by Peters or Humphrey. And We'll have to see if they can get a, a strip out of these guys, too, because they're pretty good at punching the ball out. Yeah, one thing about uh, A.J. Brown is that he um, we've been using him a lot more as a vertical threat this year, and I think that helps take the top off the defense. So that's something we didn't really use him for as much last year. He did average 20 yards a catch um, last year, but a lot of that was yards after the the catch. So I think it it, it doesn't you're not going to be able to play in the same way you did last year, um, shakes things up a little bit. Um, and the way that Corey Davis has been looking recently, um, it looks like he's finally having that type of year that we kind of expected his potential, um, where he, what he could have. So it, it, those two same guys aren't the same guys this year. Um, you're going to have to play them a little differently. And I don't think one thing I've got to mention about um, weapons is I don't think we're going to have Adam Humphreys, who is another consistent target from Tannehill after he took a, a shot that should have, been a penalty but i won't get into that um to the head and got a concussion um he's been in it for a couple weeks now um so without him i think you'll definitely see more of brown and davis are there any notable uh guys behind humphreys that we should be worried about or anybody that's been playing recently you brought up khalif raymond uh he's more of a vertical threat to guy who's gonna get that um that deep throw pretty much anytime that's thrown to him or you see him lining up outside you can probably say pretty safe bet probably going to throw deep to him but uh a lot of the other guys they have are kind of get a target here or there um there's another there's a rookie who's just sort of there for for the sake of showing more options and then there's one guy actually who just who was in the practice squad to start the year he's got some speed cameron batson i've seen him get some some throws and even some in important situations so i think if there's one other guy i'd say who might get some important throws it'd be batson yeah, I know that's one area where um, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to have some success against the Ravens because the Ravens have just been decimated, absolutely decimated in uh, corner depth. Like Peter said, Marlon and uh, and Peters were able to exit the game against the Patriots, but uh, hopefully they'll be good to go for this week. But behind them, uh, Jimmy Smith was just out this past game. We're hoping that he's back, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, behind that, we're at Tramon Williams. If you recall, he used to play a really long time for the Packers. <laughs> Now he's on the Ravens. That's basically our fourth corner. And behind that, we actually don't know. So uh, if you have any weapons that uh, are going to step up uh, as a third or fourth receiver, this is the week to uh, exploit that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think um, I'm hoping we'll scheme something along those lines because I have noticed that I think part of our offensive struggles have recently been, we started off strong against the Colts, but I, I, I feel like our play calling has been a little uninspired. And I don't know if that's necessarily the play calling itself or the execution, but it's just, it just hasn't felt explosive these last couple games. So, you know, taking a different route and maybe hitting some of those guys that 
aren't usually our big target guys might be a good way to come out of this rut. Let's shift gears to the defensive side of the ball now. Um, You are talking earlier about how some of the struggles that the Titans have had recently have been with defenses having difficulty getting off the field. Say we had to have a little jab at the Titans defense here that, you know, we were talking a little bit about how Phillip Rivers doesn't quite look like he, you know, still is physically able to play at an NFL caliber (laughs) level anymore. But the Titans gave up 34 points to the Colts in Nashville, no less, recently. So, What's going on with the Titans' defense this year? I mean, I felt like they looked stronger against the Ravens than they've looked this point, this year at least, when I have watched them, but I've really only watched them in their games against the the Bills and and the Colts. Um, What's the state of the defense looking like right now for the Titans? Oh, man, I wish I knew. (laughs) There's uh, a lot of question marks, and I I don't know how we're going to fix it, when we're going to fix it. It's a very talented defense both um in the line and the backfield and i just it's a lot of the same guys from last year who had a great years and i think part of that is we don't have a defensive coordinator dean is retired and man i want him back um we've been handling the defensive play calling with uh, our outside linebackers coach and our head coach but kind of splitting those duties and our head coach is always part of the final say but you know they've got their own primary jobs to do it, having someone scheme the defense as their primary job would be, I think something that we need to do. I think Red Bull needs to swallow us probably a little bit there and hire a DC, but I I think there's a lot of lack of communication and execution. I think the schemes have been bad um, and there's just opportunities to improve, but we've been saying that it's the same issues each week. Um, There have been some games where we've looked like we might've figured it out. The second half against the Steelers, we held them to the three point field goal out of the half and that was it. And against the bears to start, they were, three uh, quarters in and they were no points. So, I mean, they're the bears, Nick Foles, you know, but it's, it's, it's still something that was something I thought we could build off of. I think we've gotten a little bit better on our third down defense, but overall I think there's been, it's been something else each week, but there's always the same problems of not being able to get off the field not being able to stop that big throw third down defense was awful until these last couple games. I think there's a lot of room places to improve and, I think we can do it. It's just, I've been saying that all year. So we'll see if this is finally the week that they can pull it off. Well, Dean Pease did come out of retirement once already. So I don't know, <laughs> maybe check your updates before kickoff. Maybe he'll come out again. Yeah. I saw him talking on a, on some radio station about the Titans and he seemed to be talking about them in almost like a, a we perspective. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? Did he come back? And I got excited <laughs> and that, that didn't happen. <laughs> So words I would never expect to hear from a Ravens fans being excited for Dean Pease to return. <laughs> well, he's a, he seems to be our biggest loss. Again, it was a lot of bend but not break last year, and it right. was terrifying at times, but at least we weren't breaking. <laughs> now we are. Yeah, the bend but don't break. We, we Ravens fans, uh, we remember that quite well from his years. So it looking at you guys' rankings, you guys are kind of middle of the pack against the run, but against the pass you guys are pretty far down the list ranking pretty much with the jets as far as where your pass defense is is that where the this team is weaker yeah i i definitely say so the titans backfield is has been banged up all year they've used a variety of different quarterback uh, cornerbacks both starting and um subbing in and our top cornerback has started the year on ir 
we activated him, but he still hasn't been able to play yet. That's been a huge loss. We let go of a 36-year-old Jonathan Joseph uh, after last week, and I think everybody in Tennessee was grateful for that. Traded for Desmond King, and he made a great first impression. But I think it's it's a dual um, thing here. We got the pass rush has been pretty weak, and that keeps the uh, defensive backs trying to cover for longer than they should be, and then them not being able to cover sometimes allows for quick throws and then the pass rush has to get home. So I think just talent on both ends, we've lost some depth at outside linebacker, but we have again, a talented defense to put all together. It's just not happening so far. Yeah. I think that was the biggest surprise for me is that the Titans went out and got uh, Vic Beasley and then signed uh, Jadavian Clowney. Finally, somebody did. <laughs> it's, I think Beasley was released somewhat uh, recently. So I, I guess we don't really need to talk about him. That kind of speaks for itself, but uh, how's, how's Clowney been looking? Well, we'll just say this on uh Beasley. I, I, I actually kind of liked the signing when it first happened, but now I'm so glad we got rid of him. Um, we signed him thinking that we could turn him around. It was an attitude problem apparently that led to his decline in Atlanta. He uh, just didn't seem to have that effort that he put in when he was the sack leader. And we thought we could turn him around in Tennessee and he just didn't have it. And that was clearly the problem here. So we let him go and ate all of his nine and a half million guaranteed salary. That's a statement right there. But Clowney, I really like the signing and I still think it was the right move. I think he's being disruptive. He's not getting in the stat sheet, but if you watch, he's there most plays. He's in the quarterback's face. He's getting his hands up and causing an incompletion. He's caught a couple missed sacks, which I'd like to have back, but he's been disruptive. And I think that's kind of what he's been known for. And I think that's why some people say he's overrated is because he doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but he is still kind of a game wrecker. You have to game plan around him. And he's been dealing with an injury i think all year he's been missing a couple practices and kind of playing hurt so maybe that's part of it but he's still been a a useful addition to our team yeah we talk about guys all the time on the ravens defensive side of the ball who maybe don't have the biggest stats but certainly have huge contributions uh chuck clark we always love to mention his contributions to the the secondary and uh yannick Ngakwe. he hasn't had a huge amount of sacks to start his time in baltimore but has certainly made an impact pressuring the quarterback, at least against Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, not as much on that Sunday night game. But other thing to talk about with this with this game is just like, what what do you see as like could be a, a tipping point in this matchup? We're looking at both these teams and identical record right now. There's an area where the Titans have an advantage, which is Derrick Henry going up against this beat up front seven of the Ravens. But with the how weak the passing defense is with the Titans. The Ravens could have some better success than they've had in recent weeks with getting Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews some looks downfield. From your perspective, what do you think might be the deciding factor in this game? Well, for us, I'd say it would be cleaning up the mistakes in the defense. I think there was a lot of issues where we had where Rivers looked as great as he did. He was throwing a lot of short slant passes that were um, out in front of our uh, of our guys and because we weren't allowing those deep throws and we were too cautious covering and, and being aggressive inside the, you know, the marker. So I think that's somewhere we need to be a little more aggressive overall, both blitzing, maybe throw a little more blitzes in there and just getting some guys on receivers and not hanging off of them and, and waiting to tackle them after they catch the ball. But um, a big point that we really need to improve on is the special teams 
Goskowski. I'm I'm tired of thinking this is going to be the week that he's going to finally be the Goskowski of old. He's looks like he's going to be making a few in a row and then he misses a big one and then he makes the game winning kick and then he misses, you know, inside the 40. It's just, it's, it's hard to trust him right now. And then our punting situation, we have Brett Kern, you know, one of the best punters in the league, probably the best right now. And he's on IR. So we brought in Ryan Allen for the Patriots to punt in his stead and he looked great booming punt 60 yards who kicked him right where needed to and what do we do we uh instead go sign a actual fedex driver to replace him this last (laughs) week and then he goes out and shanks a 17 yard punt and kills momentum and that flipped the game for us against the against the colts last week so some little bit of coaching decision there but our defense and special teams just need to see some improvement fast yeah, I think you bring up a good point that I uh, hadn't really thought about with, with Guskowski and showing his age. Again, yeah, th- these teams, if they're that evenly matched, special teams can certainly be the deciding factor in the game. We did talk about how uh, special teams kind of helped the Ravens stay in the game against the Colts when it was taking them a bit for their offense to get started. But uh, on the Ravens side, you know, we've got the guy who still continues to be the most accurate kicker in NFL history and Justin Tucker. So... If it comes down, the game comes down to field goals, that's definitely an edge for the Ravens. And and also, it's, I hadn't realized that the Titans were in such a dire situation with at punter, but yeah, Sam Cook is continuing to do his thing with the Ravens. Even had uh, three kicks inside the 20-yard line inside that absolute monsoon of the weather last night. So I guess Ravens fans can feel good that it looks special teams. That's one area where you can say the Ravens have the clear advantage going into this game. I want to talk about how absurd it is as a fan base. And I know I was feeling it. I think everyone was feeling it that when Lamar threw the interception to Hollywood, uh, to end the half, everyone was like, Oh man, like we just lost three points off the board. It was a 57 yard field goal. At that point, the winds were swirling. It was wet as all get out. And we were like, but it's Tucker. He's got it. Like (laughs) if it's within 60 yards, like you can write it, you can, you can write it up. And, uh, I just I just remarked on that because actually like the only person who didn't feel that way in a way was Lamar right like he was like oh you know the interception we were just trying to make something happen he wasn't like scoring range yet and we're all like I don't know Justin Tucker can make anything (laughs) felt like scoring range to me (laughs) he might be the goat but even goats can uh, can sometimes miss (laughs) it must be nice to have that our kicking game was terrible last year too I think we had eight field goals all of last year and. I thought we might have it figured out with a, a name like Oskowski and it every once in a while it looks like he figures it out and then he doesn't. So yeah, I'd love to have a Justin Tucker on our team. If you can uh, clone him or something and send one our way. Well, we, we, we tricked teams into thinking we did with, uh, with Vedvik and then we got the Vikings <laughs> to bite and then <laughs> they found out they got a lemon. Yeah. And sadly with no preseason this year, uh, nobody else could, uh, could be able to practice for that uh, second position. So, yeah, <laughs> I do want to get back to we're talking about the the Titans have had some issues in the secondary. We spent a lot of time in the previous episode discussing the poor showing of Marquise Brown. I'm not calling him Hollywood Brown again until he goes back into Hollywood mode. He's Marquise Brown to me <laughs> until then. <laughs> but I mean, arguably, you know, this is a good shot. I mean, the Titans struggle against what he does well, which is stretch the field vertical. 
we have talked about how there's problems with pass protection in giving Lamar enough time to let that play develop. But do we think that, you know, there's, there's a chance that he, that Lamar and him can, can finally connect on a deep one after a couple of weeks of, of that being, uh, of us not seeing that. Yeah. The speed of our defense is something that we lack right now. Um, Adoree Jackson, our number one corner that I mentioned on IR, he's probably our, our fastest guy and he's, uh, hasn't played a snap this year. And, even if he comes back, he'll be coming back off that knee injury that caused him to miss all this time. Will he be himself? Will he have that speed? Um, our rookie that we drafted in the second round, Christian Fulton, was supposed to give us that uh, some speed again on the other side. And he's on the IR now too. Um, should be a short stay, I hope. But for this game, it's very possible we have our two speediest cornerbacks out. So I'm hearing if, if Brown gets less than 100 yards receiving, we should really be worried about him. That's what I'm hearing. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Well, Marquise, if you're listening to this, soldiers better show up. We're expecting you to have a big game, so we'll see. This has worked in the past. This has worked with Boykin before. We've called out Boykin, and he had he'd had a touchdown on in the next game. So you heard it here <laughs> first. If 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 Marquise has his a uh, his comeback game on Sunday, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, do we want to do the score predictions and bold predictions, or do you guys have anything else to say? I had one thing I wanted to mention. I think I saw it here on your uh, your defensive uh, bullet for the Titans. As you mentioned, you brought up Jeffrey Simmons here. Um, Simmons is absolutely someone that you should be worried about. I think he is a monster. He is a game wrecker and a guy who is going to hopefully be on our defense for a long time. Um, he was our first-round pick last year, and he should have been a top-five pick, but he tore his ACL before the draft, and we got him 19. They didn't even think he'd play the year, and he came back in week seven. So really, he's only played a year a total by this point, and he's just always there. He's made huge plays for us this year. He's um, one of the highest-rated defensive linemen. I think he's third-highest-rated defensive lineman this year, and he's just a force to be reckoned with. So running game is definitely going to be a challenge with him. And he even, he's deflected quite a few, even crucial passes. And I think he's going to be just a problem for you guys. At least I hope so. He's been so far every game this year. He was definitely a problem in that playoff game last year. Definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I know he was uh, picking on the Ravens, I think in the, some of the pressers after the game, but uh, I mean, you love to see it as a competitor, but you hate to see it as a fan of the opposing team. Uh, but yeah, uh, totally agree, Tim. I'm worried about him, especially with uh, some of the injuries and shakeups that the Ravens have had on the interior uh, O-line. Simmons is going to be a huge problem. So I think that's going to be uh, something that the Ravens are going to have to scheme up pretty well to uh, contain him. Yeah, and as far as um, your defensive front goes, you know, one, one way you're probably going to want to attack is the left side of the line. Um, I know we lost our... Pro Bowl left tackle Taylor Lewan a couple weeks ago for the year ACL tear and we had to sub in uh, Tyson Brylo who was a backup O lineman at uh, Atlanta. He he was a high pick a while ago, but you know he's just been a backup for his career. He's done a decent job as replacing Lewan, but he's no Lewan. And our left guard Saffold, another great lineman, has been on and off the field with um, injuries these last couple of years. So if he's not or not years weeks, he's um not at hundred percent, then that's, that could be an issue. So, you know, attacking that left side of our line could, could present a problem for us. All right, Tim. Well, it's that part of the show. We're going to do our bold predictions and score predictions. Uh, and as the guest, we'd like you to start. Oh man, put me on the spot. All right. <laughs> bold prediction. Um, I don't know how bold it's going to be, but I, I think, 
you know, Henry is going to show up and I think AJ Brown's going to show up. I feel like it's a bit of a cop out, but I feel like this is the kind of game we need our playmakers to step up. We need our, our number one wide receiver. We need our, our all world running back to carry our team right now and get us back in the win column. So it's not that bold, but I, I think they're going to, they're going to have a game to kind of motivate everyone and show that we're still a team to be feared. So score prediction, I think this is a must-win game for both sides. So it's going to be tough fought. Um, I think it's going to be close, but I think the Titans, they're a hard group. I think they, they stick together. They showed it when in that short week against the, Brown, or the Bills, and they're coming off now kind of a mini-buy by playing Thursday Night Football this last week. So they're going to be a little rested, have some more time to scheme. Um, I'm looking for a win here. I know we really need it. So I think it's going to be somewhere around 30 points each. I'd say like 33-30 is a final score, Titans. There it is. Our first guest this year who's bold enough to actually say their team will win. So this is a little bit difficult for me as a bold prediction because we don't quite know what the injury landscape is recording on Monday night. But I'm going to say that Harrison gets his first interception as a professional. I think it's going to be one of those situations where he's just in the right place. Might be a deflection. But that's my my bold prediction. And then to make Ravens recap history... I'm choosing the Ravens to lose this game as well. They're going to lose 28-24. I like the prediction. This is this might be a scheme for them to like snap the fuck out of it. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, I, no, it's like my legitimate prediction. I am I'm currently thinking we're not going to win this game. If I had to choose the one that we're going to win, it's going to be against the Steelers for no other reason than I think we match up a little bit better. Yeah, this is going to be a close one. I will say that if the Ravens were at full strength... My bold prediction would be that the Ravens hold Henry to under 50 total yards, but given the the state of the front seven, that's not happening. That's just, you know, they. I don't think he's going to have 195 yards again and have that insanity again, but I, I can't pick it that way. So what I think I could see happening is I could see that the defense – Wink's able to get an inspired performance out of them after they were embarrassed by the Patriots and Wolf and Clark and whatever veterans are able to suit up or able to rally the troops and force Tannehill to to double his interception total on the year and have the defense get three picks. Unlike Alec, I actually do think that the Ravens push, pull this one out. And the reason I say that is because these two teams are very evenly matched. And like I said, Ravens have the special team advantage. I will give it Ravens by a field goal, 24 to 21. All right. Well, I guess I'll wrap it up. Alec, uh, I got to say, I'm really surprised that uh, you picked the Ravens to lose this week. But if you weren't going to, I definitely was. Maybe it's just because we're recording on a Monday, the uh, the evening after the yesterday's loss to the Patriots. But I'm not feeling too great about this game either. But I will say, um, as far as my bold prediction, I'm going to say that Yannick Ngakwe finally gets his first sack as a Raven. Uh, but I think that they lose this one on a close matchup. I will say, I'll say 29 to uh, 29, 26 Titans. So let me put this out there. You know, I think we've talked about it last year for sure. The Ravens have one of the best social media teams and like media, like movies and videos. And I think for this season to play out in its best way, it's kind of like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we're far enough out now that it's no spoilers. But there's, like, one way this all comes together, right? Like, we need Doctor Strange to lift his finger and show one. Like, we're in the we're in the endgame scenario. And 
I think it includes a couple more heartbreaking losses <laughs> at this point. <laughs> the, the formula is not for the Phoenix to rise quite yet. Like, we're not there yet. We need more anguish. And the uh, media team's going to have to, like, you know, really drum up the enthusiasm in the fan base for a while here. So that's my no. prediction. <laughs> we're, we're not in the end game yet. We lose, the Ravens lose one game to an inferior opponent. One game, and the fan base goes bonkers, man. <laughs> but they also lost Nick Boyle. I think that, I think, I was telling a, a, a person who's not a Ravens fan today that only Ravens fans are, are talking about this at the level that needs to be spoken about, right? We're the only people that truly understand how big of a blow that is, and I'm, I'm just very concerned. I 100% agree that Boyle is a huge loss. That's going to cause a big shift on what they want to do on offense. I still, I still don't think the sky's falling yet. I maybe, maybe I'm the only Ravens fan out there who's who still feels like this team is not terribly much worse than I thought they were going against the Patriots. But maybe I'm alone there. Well, I, I just think the injuries, man. You know, you take out Williams. Uh, we don't know if Campbell's going to be back. We don't know if Ford's going to be back, and the run game. I'm just concerned about that. That's like the biggest thing. Like I just, I do not quite see the solution to stopping the run here. And I mean, if, if poor man, Damian Harris can do it, like, you know, Derrick Henry can, right? <laughs> like you just know it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think the sky is necessarily falling yet, but I think it's, uh, it's up to the coaching staff to figure out what the offense is going to look like and what the defense is going to look like with all these injuries. And until they show us otherwise, I mean, the Titans are a good team, you know. Like you said, Peter, I mean, we're pretty evenly matched here. Um, but the coaches just kind of have to show me that they can uh, adapt before, uh, you know, we get that confidence back. So, And also, yeah. I don't want to go 0-2, all right? You know, Tim last year came on the show, and everybody was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the Ravens are definitely going to win this game. <laughs> Hold on, I don't think we said definitely. We said We said there was a path to victory for the Titans, and it mostly involved them devolve Derrick Henry going into insanity mode, which is what he did. We didn't, we didn't say that was out of the question. We never said that was out of the question. <laughs> well, I also will say that at the beginning of the season, before any of these cards played out, I said that the Ravens were going to lose to the Titans. I'm not going to go find the film, but I did say it because I said nothing would go our way, right? Like, we won't have nice things. We're going to lose to them, and we're going to lose to the Chiefs. Well, we did that. We lost to the Chiefs pretty handily. So next up, again, in the end game, number one situation, we must lose to the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be wrong, obviously, but I'd, I'm just being consistent. Yeah, I hope I didn't jinx ourselves here with uh, last year whenever I, I said they were going to lose and they ended up winning. So by saying they're going to win, did I just cause them to lose? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the real reason we brought you back, Tim, was to, was to trick you into that. <laughs> trick you into dooming you the fell into our trap. <laughs> we're in the end game. <laughs> well, with that... Tim, thanks so much for joining us on Ravens Recap. It was really great to have you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope uh, we'll play again next year. I think we might play in the playoffs. Or I that. Completely or that, yeah. I still think this is a playoff team, despite the dim- uh, the doomsday scenario of the last two episodes. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Always a pleasure to talk to. Definitely knowledgeable and excited about your team. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, guys. Well, you know where to find us. Are we out of our minds thinking the Ravens are going to lose this game? Is Peter the only right one thinking that we have the advantage with special teams? Mention us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap, or email us feedback at ravensrecap.com. 
We're hoping and praying for some healthy players coming back and for a Ravens win. Let's see what happens.